Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you? Are you? Coming to the tree. Where they strung up a man, who they say he murdered three. Strange things have happened there. No stranger would it be if we met at midnight in the hanging tree. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Chris James. I wonder... How did the ancients manage to get out of bed in the morning? A stagger to their feet? Wander into the dining room? And what? Drink a big old cup of warm water? Work? Did they have a sit-down and a stair break? Probably just worked through the day, wondering if this was all there was to life. When things were rotten, they drank beer all the time because those folks had ruined the water supply by going to the bathroom in it. Water could kill you, so they drank beer and moved about with a constant tipsy state. Uh, keep in mind, no one had invented toilet paper yet or deodorant, uh, so the place was pretty smelly as well. In the 1400s, when the Turks tried to invade Vienna, now during the fighting, huge bags of coffee were found in their camp. This led to coffee houses popping up all over Europe, and the Industrial Revolution was born. Uh, people drank coffee, and they got things done. If you'd like to get things done, swing by the Organic Man Coffee Trike, 4501 McPherson, and get the best coffee on the planet. Maybe the entire universe. If it's too far to drive, go to OrganicManCoffeeTrike.shop. I was on Paranormal Roundtable with Josh Turner last week. We started out talking about ghosts and quickly moved to other things. Lots of other things. Uh, there was a lot of World War II and how aliens might have been manipulating our world leaders to do things that are not in our best interest. Why do so many of the world leaders want to make life for us common folks as bad as bad can get? We're all humans. Well, at least a lot of us are. Uh, 
you'd think no one would be willing to make alliances with beings from distant stars uh, that probably don't have our best interests at heart. Uh, there are people born and raised in the United States that would love to see our country fall. I guess they think that by destroying our country, they will somehow be in a better place than the rest of us, as the country turns into a third world mess. Their efforts would be much better used to help other countries move up to our level instead of trying to drag us down. Lowering the bar of life never improves anything. When I say aliens, I'm referring to beings that are not human, not those folks from down south. The elites have somehow managed to lay claim to most of our planet. They allow certain people to get elected and run things, up until their usefulness runs out. Once in a while, the people of the country will surprise the elites by electing someone they don't control. The minions of these elites will run around screaming and waving their hands in the air and making a whole lot of noise. Eh, maybe set fire to a few businesses, uh, thinking that they are resisting the government, when in actuality they're simply furthering the wishes of the elites that actually run things. Ancient alien proponents will tell us that aliens came to our planet and manipulated prehistoric beings to become what we look like today. Who created these aliens, uh, they never say. The whole Big Bang Theory sounds really good until you take a closer look. Everything just came from nothing? Instantaneously? And exactly what caused this Big Bang? They can't say. They say that the entire universe just happened. It would make just as much sense to say that the universe was born from a giant space turtle who uh, squeezed it out. And the scientists would probably not necessarily like it, but they wouldn't run screaming from the room either. If you say that God created things, well, they don't want to talk to you anymore. Giant space turtle, yes. God, no, they don't want to hear it. Let's just go with the idea that God created the universe and leave it at that. You can substitute higher power if you need to. A God as you understand him. The heavens, that's everything above, and the earth, uh, that's what we're standing on. Earth. The word means fragmented material composing parts of the surface of the globe. Cultivatable soil. In Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. He made dirt. Maybe the Bible isn't talking about the round orb that we're currently standing on, but all of the worlds out there that are made from soil.
Some folks who take the Bible as being literally word for word have said things like, all aliens are demons. They don't want to consider beings from distant planets could possibly also be alive. They could also be creatures of God. Uh, they don't want to consider ghosts as a possibility either. They say that all ghosts are nothing but demons. If this were true, this would be a very quick and easy way for a demon to fool people, pretend to be a ghost or pretend to be an alien. There are some folks that uh, are looking to be abducted, which uh, <laughs> to me that sounds a little weird. A lot of people will quote the Bible saying that the spirits of the deceased inhabit one of two places, either heaven or hell. Those folks that go by the literal translation of the Bible, we're going to have to learn to read Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew if they want to know exactly what the book says. A lot of what we know today as being God's words were manipulated by folks who had an agenda. Many words don't translate to English. A lot of the words have more than one meaning. When Hebrew is written, there are no spaces and no punctuation which made translating the original scrolls quite a job. The folks doing the translating had to just guess where to separate the words. The universe is here. We can see it. Lots of tiny points of light in the night sky. Billions of stars is spread out in every direction. The closest star system is Alpha Centauri with Proxima Centauri as being the closest star in that system. The star is over four light years from Earth. A light year is the distance that light travels in one Earth year. One light year is about six trillion miles. That's a six with twelve zeros behind it. I had a funny thought while working on this show. How old would beings on distant planets be? If it takes them ten years to rotate around their sun, they would be four years old while we would be forty. Uh, this is what keeps me awake at night, uh, thinking of answers to questions that have absolutely zero consequences. The naysayers, those folks that say UFOs can't possibly be aliens because they can't get here from there. On old TV shows, they would show some alien in a flying saucer zipping back and forth through the galaxy. The idea being aliens commuted back and forth each day, so the trip was just too long. They would die from old age before getting home each night. Personally, I believe that aliens came from million miles away thousands of years ago, 
the moon, our satellite, is 4.51 billion years old. Unfortunately, we have to get this from NASA. Never a straight answer. Astronomers think that the moon was created after a Mars-sized body slammed into the Earth. Some of the material blasted into space coalesced to form Earth's nearest neighbor. This would explain why moon rocks are totally different from the Earth. No, it wouldn't. The same boys in the white lab coats tell us that the moon is older than the Earth, several million years older. Now, the dust on the surface of the moon is not from crushed-up lunar rock. It's made up of something else. When Apollo 14's landing craft was no longer needed, it was crashed into the moon near a bunch of seismic equipment. The moon rang like a bell. The folks at NASA rushed out with a statement saying that this was caused because of the density of the moon. You know, like how a bowling ball rings when you drop it on the floor. In the Bible, it says God created the heavens and the earth in six days. Uh, looking back on how old aliens might be, we don't know how long one of God's days might have been. The earth wasn't rotating around the sun yet, so how long are we really looking at? The moon is older than the earth and it's hollow. When Oumuamua was spotted traveling through our solar system, some scientists said that it could be an alien spacecraft made by hollowing out a huge rock. Why send tons of material up into space to build a spaceship when you can just use a meteorite or a rock and save a few bucks? Something the boys at NASA should try. They spend money like it was free, which I guess to them it is. An ancient bunch of aliens, let's put them in the Pleiades, since a lot of aliens seem to come from there, discovered for some reason they had to, or they wanted to, go exploring. What's on the other side of our galaxy? Only one way to find out. Uh, just like old Chris, they set sail. You know, some kid popped up and said, Are we there yet? Well, not for a couple thousand years. Perhaps some messenger? We could call them an angel, since that's what the word actually means. Told the Pleiadians there was a planet on the other side of the Milky Way that they should check out next time they're in the area. Beautiful landscape. They knew the guy that designed it. Uh, boy, is this show going in a weird direction. This is how my mind works. Usually at 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm trying to sleep. This is also why I use notes. Otherwise, by now I'd be talking about cats and dogs living together or something. The moon comes drifting along past Pluto. Yes, Pluto is a planet. 
They passed Saturn, and they pulled in next to the Earth. It looked like a nice place to set up shop. Not too close to the sun, not too close to those weirdos over there on Mars. Now that they were in the neighborhood, it was time to go check out the sights. These beings could have been the Anunnaki from Nibiru. Nibiru is a planet also known as Planet X or Planet Nine. Not to be mistaken for Plan Nine. The worst movie ever made. Nibiru rotates around the universe, around the galaxy, and it passes by us every 3,600 years. When it's close to the Earth, it can be seen between Mars and Jupiter. The moon could have been traveling along with Nibiru, or it could have been mistaken for Nibiru. It was placed near the Earth as a kind of a way station, a galactic resort, a rest area where aliens can stop and stretch their legs and maybe relieve themselves, if aliens do that sort of thing. I wonder if there's a place where they can walk their chupacabras and be sure and pick up their byproduct. The aliens dropped down to look around and they found a bunch of humans living in huts and uh, thought, you know, this place has a lot of resources and we could use this back home. Let's get these primitive creatures to dig up the planet and give us everything. Why do people go nuts looking for gold? It's just shiny rocks until somebody wants to buy it. Getting the locals to not only do the work, but keep them from taking over, an elite class of humans was formed. They were put in charge. To make them feel special, they were told that God had appointed them over all the other humans. This would explain why so many royals think that they are divinely chosen. At one time, whoever was the biggest and the baddest would take over. Anyone challenging them would have to fight. At time moved on, the sons and the daughters began to convince others that they were kings and queens because, well, their folks were kings and queens. So therefore, they were royally born. It went from whoever was the strongest to whoever was the most convincing. Even in China, their ruling class was divinely established. The Yellow Emperor, also known as Wang Di, is credited with developing Chinese society. He ruled for over a hundred years back in 3000 BC. He developed Chinese medicine wooden houses, writing, transportation, weapons, and many government institutions. Wang Di knew things that nobody else seemed to understand, things like advanced technology, an extensive knowledge of the stars and the heavens. It was told that he had descended to earth, preceded by a thunderclap on a clear day. 
He wasn't born, but he arrived to begin his reign. He was able to summon a dragon from the skies that was described as having metal scales. As Giorgio Tsoukalos would say, clearly aliens. A flying metal dragon that was sometimes described as shooting flames from its mouth. The emperor also had a magic chariot called a Chang Hun. This chariot could take Hung Di to any part of his kingdom at great speeds. No one was allowed on the chariot without the emperor. There is a story about one of the emperor's men deciding to disobey this order. He clomb aboard and he managed to take off. The chariot took him to the far edges of the empire, and he was only gone for an hour or so, but when he got back to the palace, he was over a hundred years old, and he died as soon as his feet touched the ground. Those looking into the story figure that he had traveled faster than the speed of light, and this is what caused him to age. I thought that as you went past the speed of light, Time would slow down, not speed up. The chariot must have had some other effect on the man. Maybe the power supply caused his advanced age, or could there have been some kind of a curse placed on it to prevent unauthorized use? After ruling China for over a hundred years, which would mean that he was well over a hundred since he had begun his rule as an adult, Wang Di is supposed to have died and been buried inside that huge pyramid. All around the pyramid, statues of soldiers were also buried, standing up as if ready to do battle. There were horses and chariots. Each statue is different. They are still digging up terracotta statues. No two are alike. All around the pyramid are other statues that are made of bronze, lifelike in every way except that they're 50% sized. They're about half as big as they should be. Uh, seeing as the soldiers are all full-sized, maybe the emperor had smaller beings that hung out with him in his court. Looking around the planet, you'll find people that look different. Good thing, too. Can you imagine how dull the place would be if we all looked the same? Like store mannequins? I know there are folks out there that wish that we were all the same. They probably don't get enough coffee. One theory put forth is when the Anunnaki were fiddling about with our ancestors' DNA, they wanted to keep the races separate. The story of the Tower of Babel is supposed to have been added to the Bible to explain away these differences. Kind of a plot twist. By keeping the races separate, they could keep them under control. Divide and conquer. Well, it seems to work. Uh, just look at uh, how those in power today take great pains to keep everyone thinking, those folks that don't look like us are evil or bad or, or dangerous. 
Have you ever wondered how a tiny group of people can control a huge mass of others? Uh, keep us fighting amongst ourselves so that they can stay in power. On Paranormal Roundtable, the subject of why aliens would side with, oh, say, the Nazis came up. I was of the opinion that aliens were just a bunch of psychopaths that enjoyed human suffering. Josh put forth the idea that they were not so much into killing people, but the Nazis' agenda ran alongside theirs and the outcome was all that the aliens were concerned with. There are supposed to be all kinds of aliens. Some look just like us, and they are able to disguise themselves, or they are able to disguise themselves, so that we don't see the real form. Ever since JFK was removed from the White House, people have theorized that the folks running things were reptilians. At first it was just talk, but then, as Photoshop became available, images began to show up of someone in a high position with reptilian eyes or greenish-colored skin. Both sides were being accused of being giant reptilian beings that were able to look like us humans. <clears throat> the idea of aliens using technology to look like us, well, that's one thing. To put on a facade and carry it for decades is just too hard to fathom. It would be far easier to simply use some human as a puppet promise them fantastic power, or threaten them with a slow, painful death, and get them as your front man. The creature's mass is also a problem. To get a huge reptile to appear human for a few seconds, just long enough to either sneak up on a person or to walk by without being unmasked, that wouldn't be too hard. To make a seven or eight foot tall creature look like a regular person and maintain this for hours would not work. Just walking through a doorway would cause their disguise to fall apart. Why did a five and a half foot man knock the top out of that door frame? Why does the Queen of England have to duck when she comes out through the door? That sort of thing. The mass is the problem. Take into consideration all those reports of, being, of people being abducted, examined, substances extracted before they're returned. A lot of abduction cases tell about having seen human-looking bodies in giant test tubes that the aliens appeared to be growing or something. The person... Once they were fully formed, would look just like a human. For all intents and purposes, they might be human. However, things going on inside their mind might be different. Uh, this brings up another thought. One of my great-great-grandfathers came to the U.S. back in 1895. His son was born in this country, as well as the next generation. This made me as a natural-born citizen. 
If aliens came to our planet thousands of years ago, even though they look like something out of a sci-fi movie, wouldn't they be earthlings? The descendants of others born here years ago? Is calling them aliens not the proper way of describing these beings? Maybe we should call them non-humans. Nah, I'm going to keep calling them aliens until a better word comes up. It's like saying UAPs instead of UFOs. New speak is being used to confuse us, and by confusing us, they're able to control us. When saying the governments of the world are working hand-in-hand -hand with aliens, we're not talking about those folks that we try to elect ever so many years. Some of them are actually honest people trying to do what we pay them to do. Our country, as well as a lot of others, are not run by the citizens. Sure, we hold elections. We tell our representatives what we want them to do. We hold up the Constitution and we say, this is what we want. The trouble is, the country is not being run by the folks that we see on TV yelling at each other in the House of Representatives or the Senate. They're just figureheads. The real power is held by the people that we never see. They call it the shadow government, and a lot of people just laugh at you when you say that, and they say, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. Keep in mind the term conspiracy theory was invented by the CIA to stop people from looking into the murder of the 35th president. A coup took place, and we all just watched it and thought that we knew what was happening. We were told what was happening by the folks that were doing it. Who are you going to believe? Them or your lying eyes? I hear about a lot of different kinds of aliens, and I hear conflicting stories of what these creatures want from us. The reptilians are said to be a bunch of nasty, man-eating monsters intent on herding us like cattle so they can serve man. It's a cookbook. Well... If you didn't see that episode of The Twilight Zone, you should watch it. To Serve Man, it's a cookbook. When Phil Schneider had his run-in with the aliens, he said that they looked like huge upright alien reptiles. These creatures had a secret underground base under the airbase at Dulce, New Mexico. Phil was working for the government, enlarging the U.S. underground base when he accidentally broke through the tunnel wall into the alien complex. When Washington found out about this encounter and the following gun battle, instead of sending in more troops to eliminate the aliens, they told everyone involved, don't talk about what happened. Phil noticed that a lot of his friends who had also seen these reptiles, were dying off under bizarre circumstances. This led to his writing about what he had seen and going on a lecture tour. His suicide 
was arranged by an unknown group of either humans or aliens. If you look back in history, there are reports of a race of huge reptiles that used to live alongside us humans, until some folks became uneasy at the thought of living with the giant reptiles with great big teeth. In another version, these giant lizards were distantly related to the Mayans. They lived along the Pacific coast 5,000 years ago. Their technology was advanced enough that they foresaw a coming catastrophic meteorite shower. To avoid annihilation, the reptilian race dug huge tunnels all along the coastline, and then they moved their entire race underground. Once underground, these creatures amassed huge treasure piles of gold and silver. They piled their valuables in great big rooms. The local Indians knew about these creatures. I guess from time to time the reptilians came up to the surface to either have a look around or maybe they needed to hunt for food. Unknowingly, the city of Los Angeles was built above one of these storerooms, filled with valuable metals. 1933, George Warren Shuffelt was in possession of a map that showed where some of these treasure rooms might be found. He convinced the city government to allow him to dig down to try securing these treasures. The citizens of Los Angeles were to share in the wealth. When tunneling had been going on for a few months, the city suddenly revoked his contract and ran him out of town. They didn't give a reason. They just said, you are no longer welcome here. Oddly enough, shortly after he was gone, drilling rigs showed up and they began to bore down into the ground in the same locations where George had said there was gold and silver to be found. Is it too much of a stretch to say that the folks running L.A. didn't want to share the spoils with anyone? Police in Virginia encountered an alien who said he was from Venus. They contacted the Pentagon, who sent a vehicle down to pick up this being. Valiant Thor said he was a delegate uh, fr from the High Council who was here to keep our planet from destroying itself. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He was given VIP status at the Pentagon from 1957 until 1960, where he was discussing things going on with the Cold War, which was leading up to the Cuban Missile Crisis. He was even given an apartment to live in inside the Pentagon. A lot of the naysayers will say, oh, there's no apartments in the Pentagon. Like, uh, who's the last person to look at the blueprints of the building? Nobody. They're secret. Everyone who saw Thor said he looked and acted just like any human. His spaceship was hidden at Lake Mead in Nevada. Others say that the ship was near the lake but not in it. Either way, both stories say that this ship was able to turn invisible any time that they wished. Valiant Thor described what life was like on Venus. He said that Venusians would live underground because the surface of the planet was inhospitable. He also said that there were other planets in the solar system where civilizations lived underground as well. The Earth was the only planet where most of its inhabitants lived above ground. A valiant Thor also promised that one day a large group of Venus dwellers would travel to Earth to help the Earth's seemingly insurmountable problems and that other extraterrestrials would also be visiting from distant systems. Insurmountable problems. Would that be like what we're seeing today? Are we about to get a visit from the Venusians again? If they do come back, how are we going to know that they're not humans? Thor was indistinguishable from us. I guess we can check their driver's licenses. Do you need a driver's license to operate a spaceship? Uh, did you ever see the movie Morons from Outer Space? I hate to think that that's what alien races act like. The greys are what most folks think aliens look like. They have great big eyes, round heads, and skinny little bodies. 1961, Barney Hill said under hypnosis that he encountered skinny figures with gray skin, large bald heads, and huge black eyes. The naysayers now claim that every person who is abducted by the greys is simply parroting what Hill said. 1917, long before Betty and Barney Hill had their encounter, the occultist Aleister Crowley described a meeting with a preternatural entity named Lamb that was similar in appearance to a modern gray. Crowley painted a picture of Lamb that shows a large head with great big eyes, no nose, a tiny slit for a mouth, and a very small body. The Tomato Man from 1948 UFO crash south of Laredo also kind of matches this description. 
The creature was four and a half feet tall. It had a huge round head. The eyes were big enough that they went partway around the skull. It had four fingers but no thumb. Very skinny arms and legs and no gentles. You know, those things. Uh, they didn't seem to have any boy aliens or girl aliens, just greys. If we don't get to breakfast early, the greys will eat all the bacon. Anyone recognize that quote? It's from a book called Shades of Grey, The Road to High Saffron by Jasper Ford. A Ford is spelled with two F's. Uh, it's not that porn book with the Fifty Shades in the title. Talk about a bizarre story. Here's the plot. Chromaticea is a future dystopian society that exists about 500 years after the collapse of our current society, which is identified as being the previous. All life is governed by the laws set by Munsell the uh, supposed and revered founder of Chromaticea. The rules range from sensible, such as it's against the law to kill anyone, to really bizarre things like it outlawed the manufacture of spoons. If you wanted to have a spoon, you had to inherit it from one of your ancestors. That's in the book. The social hierarchy of chromaticea is defined by your ability to see color, which is limited in most people to varying degrees of one hue or sometimes two. Those who can see red predominantly are the second lowest order, which are just above the grays, who can only perceive color in scales of gray, black, white, gray, in there. Ultraviolets makes me think of the movie A Clockwork Orange. The old ultraviolets, as he would say. No, ultraviolets hold the highest rank. The perception of color also affects their health and their wellness. Certain colors have medical effects on people. Doctors in this future world are called swatchmen, since they show colors to their patients. Uh, shades of green, especially Lincoln green, are a narcotic, often abused as a recreational drug. Surnames and names of towns are derived from various shades of color, such as jade, carmine, and saffron. It is a heck of a story, and you, you should read it if you think along my thought lines. The protagonist is named Eddie Russet. He is a red, who is sent to the outer fringe town of East Carmine to conduct a chair census. He has to go there and count how many chairs they have. Uh, which he speculates is punishment for a practical joke that he had played on the son of a prefect. Once he's there, he meets a girl named Jane, who is a gray. 
uh, she has a very bad temper. She often causes personal injury to anyone and everyone that she meets. Eddie's father becomes the swatchman of the village, and he is very well liked by the Greys. He treats them decently. In the course of the story, Eddie discovers that much of what the government is telling the public is a lie. Gee, imagine that. The government is lying. Uh, he learns that misfits who are being sent away to the Emerald City to be brainwashed are actually being killed by being exposed to a poisonous color. Now, I know this does not sound like the kind of book you might want to read. When I first encountered the book, I read the uh, description and I thought, no way, I'm not reading that. I didn't buy the book for about a year. After I had read just about every book that Ford had written, I decided that I had to read that one. I've read it twice. The story will really grab you and not let go. A neat thing to try doing while reading the book is when they describe something that one of the characters is looking at, some form of ancient technology, you have to try and figure out what it is they're looking at. For example, there is a picture hanging on the wall that is showing a scene that is moving. Keep in mind, they don't have TVs. In the book, Jane says, the best lies to tell are the ones that people want to believe. If you're tired of the same old thing, try reading Shades of Grey by Jasper Ford. It's a very entertaining story with some very dark meaning hidden in it. <laughs> Back to the Greys, who are going to eat all the bacon. No, back to the Greys from outer space. They don't seem to have any way of reproducing. Perhaps they're made in a vat or a test tube. The overlords need someone to go and abduct a human or a cow. The greys do all the work, like drones, and then if one or two of them get killed or captured, it's no big deal. They'll just make a few more. If you read the book The Stardust Ranch, you'll encounter lots of dead greys. Aliens are living amongst us. Anyone out there drive a Subaru? The name is Japanese for Pleiades constellation. This cluster of stars is the same one that is depicted in the Subaru brand's logo. I looked it up and the official story is, the name also means unity, and the company wanted to sound very high speed and low drag. A lot of company logos can be interpreted as being other things, uh, such as the Exxon emblem, the sign of the double cross, or the hooked X, uh, kind of like what they keep finding all over the Midwest. How about that weird Mercedes-Benz symbol? It looks like the Triquitera used by the Druids and the Celts. The symbol's shape has the ability to stimulate human psyche and awaken spiritual powers within us when we look on it. 
Would a car company use an ancient magical symbol to get folks to buy their product? In a heartbeat. How many other companies use logos with hidden meanings? Most of the symbols can be translated as having occult origins, even the ones that don't have such an origin. Now you have to figure out, did the folks running Subaru just come up with the catchy name, or is the company somehow connected to the aliens? A lot of people are desperately praying that the folks in Washington will disclose all their secrets on UFOs. They say any day now there will be a massive release of documents dealing with alien technology. Any day. Once that cat gets out of the bag, things are going to go south really fast for certain people, in very high places. The shadow government has had alien technology for decades now, yet those of us paying our taxes are still using what we have developed using human technology. Cars and airplanes, electricity run through wires to heat and cool our homes. Just think back to that bad winter where power was lost and people died. Had we all been using this alien technology, none of those people would have frozen to death. Friends and relatives would be mad if they knew certain government officials were withholding advanced power sources that would have kept everyone warm and alive. How about a cure for all those nasty diseases running around? Could the aliens have a cure for cancer? If so, did they pass this on to the shadow government, who then turn in turn shelved it away so that we the people couldn't use it? Relatives of those who have died would not be happy with those people. Some folks didn't think anyone could be that bad. They don't study history, so they don't know just how nasty some so-called humans can be. There are some humans that make the aliens look good. Some people believe the aliens want to wipe us from the face of the earth so they can move in and take over. Others say the aliens are keeping us alive, fat, dumb, and happy, so they can use us as food. Adrenochrome is mentioned in several such stories. Then there are the resources that are being taken from our planet. Africa produces tons of gold each year, yet the continent is the poorest on earth. Mismanagement can be blamed for some of this, but where is all that gold going? Tons of gold pulled from the ground, processed, and then shipped out to who knows where. The official story is it all winds up in Europe. This should lead to a drop in gold prices, uh, yet they just seem to keep going up instead. A theory I ran across says that the gold is valued by the aliens to use in their home planet's atmosphere. It is used to cut down on light entering their world and causing problems. This was the reason behind the Anunnaki coming to our planet. 
The earth was a rich source of gold. The Anunnaki were supposed to utilize the gold in more than one form to travel through space. They could have been using gold as an energy source due to the qualities such as thermoelectric effects. It allows the gold to transform to absorb heat into electricity, resulting in clean and efficient energy. Zachariah Sitchin proposed that the Anunnaki came to Earth looking for gold 3,600 years ago. They needed a means of fixing their home world. Gold was to be used to shield Nibiru from solar radiation. Once they arrived and began mining, the aliens found that working underground was not anything like space travel. That's a lot of work. Just ask anyone who works in a mine. The aliens told their leaders to find someone else to do all that digging and sorting and sweating. The local inhabitants, who may have looked like them or they may have looked like us, were genetically changed to look for gold. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, Ask yourself, why do people go nuts around gold? It has its uses, but I'd much rather have food than gold. There are people out there that think by having a handful of gold, they're safe and secure. I don't know how that's going to work. If someone attacks them with a knife, I guess they can throw the gold at that person. People mine gold. They smelt it. They turn it into gold bars. And then they bury it back underground where it started from. Am I the only one who thinks that this is just a little bit strange behavior? Think of it this way. There we were, a bunch of happy-go-lucky humans living on the surface of the earth. What was valuable to them? Food, shelter, family, things like that. Uh, shelter from pigs on the wing. Oops, uh, going Pink Floyd again. What did we really need back then? Just the basics? Along come the Anunnaki and they need gold to fix their planet. Shiny rocks. It did work well to adorn a statue or maybe even to make jewelry with, but it tastes bad and it doesn't keep you warm at night. The Anunnaki did something to the people's brains to get them to dig a deep hole in the ground find gold wherever it might be hidden, and then give all that gold to the overlords. Once the aliens had enough gold, they jumped on their flying saucers, and they went back home, leaving the humans still looking for gold. Uh, why? Well, it was something that the gods desired. Helen Sharman, uh, Britain's first astronaut and a chemist at Imperial College London, 
recently said that alien life forms that are impossible to spot may be living amongst us. Why has no one figured this out yet may stem from the idea that these aliens might exist in some unseen part of our world. They could be living in a higher or lower wavelength, like ultraviolet or infrared. They could be silicone-based instead of carbon. Silicone is similar to carbon. It has four electrons available for creating bonds with other atoms. Silicone is heavier, having 14 protons, compared to the six of carbon. Carbon can create strong double and triple bonds to form things like cells. It's much harder for silicone. It struggles to create strong bonds so that long-chain molecules are far less stable. That is unless silicone has found a way of developing strong bonds. After all, life will find a way. The NIH, under Dr. Fucci, Fauci, 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 awarded grants totaling $478,000 in 2021 and 2022 to inject hormones into male monkeys to make them female. Transgender monkeys is a big problem, and they needed to look into it. What? What, you didn't know your tax dollars were going to such interesting things? Just check out some of our government's bizarre funding practices. That's why we pay 30% of our income to the folks running things. Money we could all use to buy food and clothes instead of tiny dresses and high heels for male monkeys. People are doing without needed things while scientists are playing around with garbage studies. I have an idea. Stop funding these stupid studies. If some guy in a white lab coat wants to look into girly boy monkeys, they should be forced to use their own resources. If at the end of the study there is any kind of possible benefit for we the people, then the scientists can be reimbursed. Those folks in Washington never bother to read any of the trillion-dollar budgets that they vote into law. They're all too busy. I'm not going to say it because last time I did, they uh, pulled my show. They don't read the laws that they pass. They just simply pass them, and then they find out after the fact what the law says. That's kind of like you go and you buy a car, you pay the money for the car, and then they show you what car you bought. Hmm. Aliens could also be living at the bottom of the ocean. We've explored about 15% of the ocean's bottom. There could be whole alien cities down there. It's cold and it's dark. The pressure would crush any air-breathing creatures. Whales can collapse their lungs so there's nothing to crush. All their organs are filled with fluid so they can dive way down. Sperm whales can hold their breath for 90 minutes and they can swim 7,200 feet below the surface. Look at the octopus. 
If there was an alien creature swimming around our oceans, it would probably not look like a human. It would not be mermaid-like. How about an eight-armed head with nine brains? A creature that can change colors and the texture of its skin. Between 2008 and 2010, Paul the Octopus was asked to pick winners of the FIFA games. Out of 14 predictions, Paul was correct 12 times. That's an 85.7% accuracy rate. All those brains seem to be adding up. When did the plural of octopus become octopuses? When I was growing up, it was an oct a group of octopi, not octopuses. Kind of like hippopotami. Not a bunch of hippopotamuses, like in that song that Bill hates. UFO hunter Sandra Elena Andrade wrote about a video that had been uploaded to YouTube in June of 2016. She said, Is this proof of existence of large UFOs in our oceans? The Argentinian UFO hunter Marcelo Irizusta discovered a massive UFO while looking at Google Earth. It seems to have a bright light in the center of the structure. The underwater object can be found at the bottom of the ocean off the coast of Mexico at coordinates 12 degrees, 8 feet, 1.49 inches north and 19 degrees, 35 feet, 26.39 inches west. The object is about 3.5 miles long and it's kind of shaped like an airplane. After analyzing the image, UFO blogger and alien hunter Scott Waring declared the object to be a pyramid-shaped artificial structure measuring 8.5 by 11 miles. It took me a few minutes to find the video, and it does look like somebody parked an airplane on top of a mountain on the bottom of the ocean. A huge airplane. There have been other strange objects found by looking closely at satellite images. About six miles off the coast of Point Doom in Malibu, California, sits an unusual-looking structure on the seafloor. Images obtained from Google Earth show an oval-shaped object with a huge flat top, uh, what appears to be pillars or columns running along the front of the thing that looks like an entrance. The structure is about 2,000 feet below the surface of the water, and it's three miles long. It doesn't look like anything nature would make. It looks like something built, maybe hundreds of years ago, that has been weathered by the ocean currents. Numerous sightings of unknown lights entering and leaving the sea around Puffin Island, Wales, has led ufologists to believe there may be an underwater alien base located in that area. Sightings in the early 1974 were particularly interesting. All of the witnesses said that they had seen solid objects leaving the water near that island. 
Investigator Phil Hoyle stated that he had read unconnected reports concerning Buffin Island, and all of them tell the same story, and they describe the same type of phenomenon. He also stated that alien abductions close to this area reported their abductors were humanoid-looking, and that these humanoid beings had told them that they had come from under the sea near the island. December 2013, MUFON published a report from Hamilton residents who had seen several strange glowing orbs hanging in the air over Lake Ontario. The witness said that this was not the first time he'd seen these orbs. This fleet of lights has led people to believe that there might be an alien base under the lake. In August 1981, five witnesses driving along Lake Ontario shore saw a dome-shaped craft flying along the water. They followed this craft for some time when it suddenly descended into the water. Many planes and people have disappeared over Lake Ontario, and there have been numerous UFO sightings. In the book, Underground Alien Bases, released in 2012, they tell of several sightings on and around the lake where there is an alien fortress of some kind or other under the water. Witnesses on North Island, New Zealand, have reported seeing strange objects entering the ocean. Some of these objects have also been seen flying overhead some of the small islands in the area. UFO researchers say that the area is a hot spot for activity. Locals say that the area is a flight corridor for an underwater base where these craft come from. Between January and March 1995, there were dozens of sightings of these objects coming and going from the area. These were not limited to nighttime sightings, but a lot of these were during the day. March 9, 1995, a sighting was reported during the day. Two fishermen witnessed a bright silver ball-shaped craft that seemed to glow or pulse as it moved. This craft was emitting a red stream behind it. The two men watched the object for about 10 seconds before it vanished. Around two minutes later, there were sightings of what seemed to be the same object by the control tower at both Hamilton International and Rotorua. Well, I know I've got listeners in uh, New Zealand. Rotorua? Well, the other airport. Uh, there were several reports phoned in to the local radio station from concerned residents who all described the same object in the sky. Whatever became of those little aliens, the, the mummies found in Mexico? The two corpses shown to the Congress sent scientists into a tailspin. Everyone was talking about them, from UFO enthusiasts to the boys in the white lab coats. From the first day, scientists were saying, These are fakes. They're not real. Don't need to look any farther. The reason they said this was because 
They didn't believe it, so therefore it couldn't be true. Jaime Maussan, a journalist and ufologist, testified to lawmakers under oath that these specimens were not a part of our terrestrial evolution. He said the corpses were a thousand years old and had been found in mines in Cusco in the Peruvian Alps. These same caves had also been filled with Incan ruins. The bodies were found in 2017. Mr. Maussan appeared before the Mexican Congress, where he talked about the DNA findings of these corpses. The analysis shows that over 30% of the specimen's DNA is unknown and not from any known species. The UFO researcher said that the mummified bodies are authentic. The white coats said, we don't believe it, so it's not true. Could there be aliens living on our planet? I don't see why not. The question we need to ask is, why are they here? To serve man? To help us out? Or to keep an eye on us? Too many people out there are waiting for the government or the press to tell them what to think. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. If you did, tell other people that they should be listening to. And as Tony Merkel says, share the show. I don't care how you share it, just share it. If you'd like to support the show, the best way of doing that is buy one of my books or maybe two or three. Keep in mind, Christmas is coming up and books make good Christmas presents. They're easy to wrap. They don't need batteries. If you drop them, they don't break. And if the person that gets them doesn't like it, they can wrap it back up and give it to someone else. So you could say that a book is a gift that just keeps on giving. You can find all my books at Amazon.com or if you're in Laredo, you can find them at the Organic Man Coffee Trike on McPherson. Until next Saturday, this is Chris James for Strange Things. Are you, are you, coming to the tree, where they strung up a man, who they say he murdered three? Strange things have happened there. No stranger would it be if we met at midnight in the hanging tree. <laughs>